For me, the most recent experience of reprogramming has to do with this notion that in order to be successful, I have to work harder and I have Mm. to put myself in positions that are more difficult. That was my perspective up until really even like in the last year or last couple of weeks. <laughs> okay, well, it's a process. It's a process <laughs> and I it's getting easier. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. I am your co-host, Eric Osborne. I'm going to keep this intro short because this is one of our longer conversations in a while, but I think you're going to enjoy it. I know that it's worthwhile. This is something that we all need to consider regularly, which is the power of the subconscious. Your entire life is controlled by an aspect of yourself that you are not aware of. And it's not just you, it's me, it's every human. The subconscious is running the show. But the beautiful thing is, if you don't like it, you can do something about it. We're going to talk a little bit about that in this episode. There's really only a couple of ways to reprogram the subconscious. I hope you enjoy this conversation where we talk about our efforts to change our subconscious programming and the impact that's had on our lives along with the methods that we have used. It's a really good conversation. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and most importantly, rate this program, please, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever it may be, give us a rating, please. It helps more people become aware that we are out here And there is lots of valuable information that we have shared and intend to share. We are so grateful for you being a part of our show. Just by listening, you are helping to create what it is. So thank you as always. And away we go. It is interesting thinking about the global or the national subconscious. I think it was Emilio said the other day that everything seems a little apocalyptic right now and it had me thinking about the subconscious of our world mm-hmm. and what it is that we believe and there's mm-hmm. a lot of programming that we've been fed mm-hmm. over the years to believe that the end of the world is mm-hmm. nigh upon our doorsteps yeah i think about that often wondering how like as we feed into as not only media but in our conversations like as we feed into these ideas like the apocalypse and spread them Mm -hmm. how much of an impact that has on those scenarios actually happening because as we continue to accept these Mm -hmm. ideas Mm -hmm. like oh well The apocalypse is coming, you know, Mm -hmm. after so many Mm -hmm. conversations about the apocalypse over the last 10 years, then it just becomes like a common idea that doesn't seem so far-fetched the more that you think about it and accept it. So, Mm -hmm. Or these, all the school shootings, Mm -hmm. the more, the more we talk about these things, the more they become a part of our society. 
Yeah, I feel like there's a way to talk about things without ignoring Mm -hmm, them. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. it's important that we explore (laughs) how we could see things differently, have a different reality and experience. Yeah, like when when things happen like that, we usually think, what kind of laws do we put in place? But based on what we've been talking about in preparation for this podcast, it would be more helpful to think and speak about ways that we could change our thinking and our expectations. You see a school shooting happen and then what's the conversation? Gun control. And I'm not going to chime in on which one way or the other, but that's what immediately comes up. Mm -hmm. We don't very often talk about what happened before the fact that led this person to do these things. Taking the apocalyptic example or exploring that, like yesterday I was at the playground with Theo and Ananda and it was the playground that I grew up on mm-hmm. at the elementary school where I grew up. It used to be brand new when, when what? When it was brand new. It was, yeah, but okay, <laughs> but I haven't been there in a while, right? And I'm, it's, it's weird going back to places that you haven't really been since you were a kid. Mm-hmm. And how seeing how differently you see things now with this evolved perspective and all these new beliefs and experiences. And so I walk onto the playground and I think, gosh, like this playground is falling apart. What is going on? I used to see that school being in the part of town that it is a nice part of town and The playground was brand new, and I used to see that school and property as being really nice. Walking around yesterday, I just thought, like, God, this has really gone downhill. And it has, and a thought that came to me is, is this a sign of the apocalypse coming? What? (laughs) Not like the apocalypse, but like the fall of our economy. Like, why is it that... I mean, the playground was falling apart to such a degree to where they put chain link up like pieces of the playground had fallen out Mm. like the little walking bridge. Mm -hmm. It had just fallen out. So they instead of fixing it, like putting a new little bridge on the playset, they put chain link where there's openings where you would normally walk across the bridge. So it just blocked off with chain link. Mm. On the playset, and there's all kinds of little things like that that they it's like they just called up like 1 800 Mr. Repair Guy to come and like make sure a kid doesn't break their leg, but not actually fix it, you know, like do the cheapest possible thing. And everything was grown up. And so I caught myself thinking, like, is this a sign of the fall of our society? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it happened so quick, and I caught myself thinking that way. And I thought, well, hold up, like, one. There's been COVID. School was out so much. Like if I was a school, am I really going to put a bunch of money into fixing a playground that's not even being used Mm -hmm. by the school? Mm -hmm. No, probably not. I'm going to put that money into like trying to pay the teachers while they're off or some other place. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, you know, maybe there wait, maybe there's a new playground coming. Maybe they're saving up for like a really nice brand new playset. But I could have just kept going down the path mm-hmm. of, well, it definitely is the sign of the fall of our economy, blah, blah. World's going to shit. World's going to shit. Go but some rice and toilet paper. I made a conscious decision to refocus mm-hmm. with the whole question 
or more of a knowing now that the more that my mind, the more that I'm feeding into ideas, the more they become a reality. Uh, And that's what we're talking about today in large part, the subconscious, which is what ultimately kind of creates our world, our experience. What is the subconscious? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> me either. <laughs> yeah, we don't even know what consciousness is. How are we going to define what subconsciousness is? I don't even know who I am. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I mean, I know, but I don't know. Well, that's, that is how we know what the subconscious is. It's how we know who we are is by our thoughts, our actions, you know, what we see manifested in our world that tells us about the nature of our subconscious not necessarily like what we see manifested in you know China or somewhere far away from us but look in your home look in your immediate environment the way that it's kept uh, the people that you see there that says a lot about what's going on in your subconscious mind yeah that's the idea anyway that's what we're like our current understanding that's what it is is here science says in the old 2022 science is always (laughs) right until it changes i like how we can go from saying we have no idea what it is to like this is what it is this is what it is (laughs) well that doesn't even tell you what it is though that's like looking at a shadow Uh and saying that the shadow is the object right the subconscious the things that we see in our environment are like the shadow of our subconscious being cast out into the world is how I perceive it anyway. Hmm. You know, you're not getting like the that. real picture. You're getting like hints of what's going on there. And what you spoke about in terms of reprogramming this belief system is really the crux of what we want to talk about today because that's the most important thing you can do once you find out that you have a subconscious mind and once you understand that the subconscious mind is running the show basically then you can be like well okay what do i like what do i think needs some tweaking and there Mm -hmm. are actually ways that we can do that yours your our subconscious minds didn't get to be the way they are by accident i mean there's a lot of confluence that happens but there were things that were said to you things that were reinforced in your belief system things that you exposed yourself to or that you were exposed to over and over again, things that shocked your system in a certain way and then embedded a certain type of understanding or belief into your being that have stuck with you up until today. And maybe some of those things are good. Maybe some of them are ready for a change. How can we become aware of what's going on in there in that subconscious pool I just said that it. exists it's all around you. <laughs> I was going to elaborate, but okay, I was going to say, like you pointed out in your immediate environment. Okay. But you know, p- that that's a little abstract. I feel like for some people, like hmm. you look around, okay, well what I see my house, I see the walls, I see the furniture. I see, what does that mean? Is it our interpretation of the things that we see around us that tells us, um, what's in our subconscious mind or is it like our feelings about the things around us? Cause like literally are you saying there's furniture in our subconscious mind? 
Are you saying there's trees and like some people may take that very literally. Is Smokey the dog hanging out in my subconscious mind? First thing I thought of when you said that, I looked over at Smokey and was like, oh, there's my subconscious right there. Yeah. And I will say that my little quip, I realized that that was an expression of my subconscious. Your little quip towards me? quip jumping and saying, I just said what it was, right? (laughs) Yeah. You jerk. Were you listening to me? Patience is not something that I have (laughs) programmed deeply into my subconscious. I'm working on it. It is more and more. We're working. We're all a work in progress. (laughs) Which, you know, let me highlight that one of the most important things we can do is when we're reprogramming our subconscious is to speak kindly to ourselves. (laughs) There is not a beginning and an end. No. Folks. No. This is continuous. I think, personally, my experience anyway, is that it somewhat dovetails into the conversation around law of attraction, but it does seem like not just the conditions, but also the objects, the individuals that we find in our life, it does feel like that is somehow a result of our subconscious belief. The money that you make, the house that you live in, the car that you drive, the partner that you have, the pet that you have, the state of your living condition does seem to be like a one-to-one manifestation of what we believe about ourselves and our self-worth. And I only say that because I've seen that change. As my sense of self-worth has changed over time, then I have seen different types of people in my life. Uh, I've seen conditions in my life improve. I think that the dog is actually an excellent example. You ever notice how people comment that someone's dog behaves like the owner or looks like the owner? Mm-hmm. There's a whole, like, um, not train of thought, but there, there, <laughs> there, there is some, gotta be. there is some research. I've seen clips of it, of Those how, dog people are. of how pet owners begin to look like their pets or how that and there's even like we've seen how we recently came across something how spouses tend to adopt similar facial patterns or behaviors and mannerisms and kind of mirroring off of each other mm-hmm. and that doesn't necessarily speak to subconscious I mean it is a subconscious assimilation of what we're seeing in the person who is right there beside us but with an animal there have been some really uncanny coincidences in my emotional state or what was going on in my sphere was reflected or manifested in Smokey. So much of this stuff is really difficult, if not impossible, to directly pin down and say, I feel like this, therefore my dog is looking like this or doing this. But it's in paying attention to the subtle cues that we can really find some of the most compelling evidence, I feel like, for this experiencing the subconscious in the conscious world. My next question would be, okay, so I can look around and make observations about what is in my life, who's in my life, how I feel about who and what's in my life, then what? How do I then utilize that awareness Mm -hmm. to grow and expand, enjoy my life more, um, be more of a conscious creator 
and feel more empowered from that information because I can totally see and I have experienced how looking around I don't like what I see Mm -hmm. and it bums me out and Mm -hmm. I'm like what the like how did I get myself here and there's the potential to feel very disempowered Mm -hmm. by becoming aware Mm -hmm. of our surroundings and who's in our life if we aren't happy Uh, so where do we go from there if we look around and feel that way how can we utilize that to be empowered and not well, disempowered? Isn't isn't just that perspective and that assessment very telling about the subconscious right there? If you look around and you see something you don't like and you're like, okay, this sucks, well, then what? Do you feel bad about yourself? Do you feel negative towards the person or all, whatever it is? And if so, like that's telling you a lot about your perspective on the world if you see it as an opportunity to reassess or to improve. Uh, I like Joseph Rodriguez. Check out his YouTube channel. He talks about in terms of information optimization, failure as information optimization. And failure can mean like, yeah, I look around and I see a bunch of pothead video gamers in my house. What am I doing with my life? Mm -hmm. Right. That doesn't have to be an immediate, oh, God, I'm horrible. It can be, oh, okay, there's some there's some stuff to improve here. Did you just read my mind on the past life experience, or past life, like the time in my life where I looked around and saw uh-huh. a bunch of pothead video gamers <laughs> <laughs> and thought, what wait, the, wait. how did I end up here? <laughs> I've been wanting to do my bong inter- impression again. Can I do it now? <laughs> do 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 what was do, that do, do, at the do, end? Do, do, do. It was Mario Brothers. Gosh. Oh. Sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. The pothead video gamers weren't playing Mario yeah, Brothers. way beyond Mario. That was pre-pot in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like elementary <BS>. school <laughs> cousin get-togethers. Um, <clears throat> I thought of several things there, like, the interpretation of as you were saying as you were saying you know that is showing what's going on in your subconscious mind the way that you're looking around and making interpretations Hmm. of your environment that brings up a few things for me that are so Gosh, why do I want to say the word juicy so much? I just, <laughs> it's such a good. <laughs> oh boy. It's okay. Abraham says it. Abraham calls things juicy. I'm just going to keep saying say juicy. juicy, baby. You like it. Say I it. really like That's that your word. subconscious telling you that you shouldn't say juicy. Well, it's well, yes, and also, I mean, part of that is me. your yeah. I, you, <laughs> other people that are like, what's she talking about, juicy? Okay, well, it's a good one, so I'm gonna say it. There's so much juiciness there, and I think of as you were saying, this dovetails with the law of attraction conversation, and I feel like it's a it's one of those things where you see the law of attraction talked about in the spiritual community, and this is where. I have been and so many people get turned off from it is when 
the law of attractioners, <laughs> the people who <laughs> who are obsessed with it and aren't are not upset obs- just obsessed with it, but aren't so aware that they're actually <laughs> participating in it. Something easily missed is that our interpretation of what's going on is creating our experience. Mm-hmm. For instance, we could look around and notice that we don't like what's in our surrounding. And I feel like a big part of that creation of the surrounding is just in itself looking around and seeing things you don't like, as opposed to looking around and seeing things you do like. Mm -hmm. If you look around and you notice all you're seeing is things you don't like, maybe the practice could be start finding things you do like. It, it's not necessarily meaning look around and change everything. Mm, mm, mm. Maybe you live in a dope crib mm. and you're still looking around and you're like, this place sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it has more to do with your subconscious mind. That's a very good point. And how you're interpreting just that in itself, the interpretation mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. opposed to the actual the actual physical manifestation that is a great point that's probably that really should be the first like point of entry right okay here's what i think is my interpretation correct no i'm just being a pouty mcpowderson or yes things need to change okay if the attitude needs to change not the things then what do we do if the things need to change then what do we do and it's actually all the same that's the interesting thing. If your attitude is what needs changing or if your actual circumstances need changing, the way that you fix it is ultimately the same. You reprogram your subconscious. Since I've had kids, mm-hmm. I think about this, the whole law of vibration and law of attraction thing pretty differently because if you're having a really hard day with your kids, mm-hmm. Um, your kid may be acting out a lot or like being very resistant to the things that you want them to do. And there can be, it can be a very slippery slope of being angry at your kid Mm. when like one, you can't change your kid. Like if you're looking at them as a physical manifestation of your subconscious, for Mm. instance, you can't change your kid. You can't be like, Oh, I want to replace that kid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not that I've ever thought that about my kid, (laughs) 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 but there's times where I've thought, um, wow, I'd really like my child to be different in this area. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And instead of, an alternate perspective could be how can I see the learning in this Mm -hmm. moment? How can I see the positive in this experience that feels a certain way to me that I'm interpreting as being unpleasant? How can I interpret this in a way that is feeling more and more pleasant? Mm -hmm. So like, it's an opportunity like seeing it as seeing a hard day, seeing a hard experience as an opportunity instead of just like a shitty 
a shitty time mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, a shitty day. Mm-hmm. No, it is empowering to realize that we ultimately have power over our experience and that that first and foremost comes through our interpretation of it. Um, but again, that goes back to trying to reprogram the subconscious. We have, many of us have been brought up in a world that is very negatively biased where we see the problem we don't look for the solution we look for the problem and then we look for someone else to fix the problem very often uh, or something to fix the problem when maybe there's not a problem at all maybe there's just opportunity all around us how we shift that though is something that is maybe it's much easier said than done mm-hmm. you know, we're going to talk about a couple of ways that you can effectively program reprogram the subconscious and they're just the same ways that your subconscious was programmed in the first place but i think i don't know how do you feel about this in your experience do you expect that do you want that to happen quicker than it does like in times when you've consciously gone to reprogram your subconscious around a specific subject did you expect it to be easier than it was i'm glad you brought up the point about this being easier said than done because that was the next thing that I wanted to state is this is life on earth and this human body can be very challenging so saying like oh we'll just take a hard experience and see it as an AFCO another fucking growth opportunity okay I get it and also let's like let's just be a little easy on ourselves like it's really challenging Mm -hmm. sometimes and that's just how it is and accepting that is a part of the growth process just is that just a subconscious belief that you have though that's really challenging yes and it's also very real yeah I'm not going to look at somebody in the eyes that just like lost someone close to them and tell them Afco. (laughs) 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 Oh, your kid just like you just like your kid just died. Well, it's just a subconscious programming. (laughs) Why you're so sad. No, of course. Let's be real. Let's be human. I know. Of course. So. All right. Just wanted to (laughs) state that before. Although got to law of attractioner abraham (laughs) i do i do really appreciate you know that woman's husband died and she's like yep he croaked and you know that she loved him you know she talks about him like very lovingly and it was also very challenging for her like you know she didn't just he didn't just immediately she's like all right well next thing die of cancer go to dinner (laughs) yeah no (laughs) no i know no she's on a stage i know as channeling multiple entities that are talking to people with a very specific container and purpose that's you know, it's got that. its place. I understand that. Yes. And grief and mourning are a hundred percent. Those are normal, natural, needed emotions and experiences to go through. But at the same time, you do witness people who live a life of never letting go of some tragedy. Right. So. Right. There's a balance. There is a balance to be. Yeah. Here. There's the time and the place for yeah. all of it. Um, but your question, was there a time where 
I was like intentionally. No, well, I was just saying, is it, is it easier said than done? I was asking if you thought it was easier said than done to oh. reprogram your subconscious. Yeah. yeah, that's such a good question to reflect on because actually, I think every time it's, <laughs> I think it's going to be easier. Yeah, as uh, yeah, totally. Like every single time, like oh yeah, I can do that. I'll just quit. Sure thing. Yeah. No prob. Like I get the visual mm-hmm. of of the feeling. <laughs> Our coffee break. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> that well, I never yet. thought that would be easy. <laughs> I was I not. But yeah, it's like you or <clears throat> instead of saying you all the time, we get these downloads almost whatever you want to call them these inspirations and these clear visions and feelings of an experience we want to move towards and it feels so good and exciting and motivating that it can just it feels like it's right there like we've already done it we've already accomplished it mm-hmm. that being said we can forget the momentum that must build up to actually make that an ever-present mm-hmm. reality like there is a muscle memory mm-hmm. that you have to program you have to practice you have to work out flex those muscles mm-hmm. whatever they may be to actually build the strength and create the six-pack you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it doesn't happen by just overnight by just visualizing it once and then boom, it's there. Right. It's like either this process of continuous practice. I think it's always an and or almost always an and of emotional impact mm-hmm. and like the mix of the two. And it's part of building muscle is experiencing the pushing through the terror barrier, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, that point where we weigh our beliefs like do i want to keep this one or Mm -hmm. do i want to push through it and Mm -hmm. see what's on the other side Mm -hmm. there's always this experience of jumping off a cliff and having faith that Mm -hmm. you're gonna your parachute's gonna kick in to get you there to the other side of the experience it's like always gonna be challenging but like we can forget that it's like childbirth as well like women keep having kids Mm -hmm despite how freaking challenging the whole thing is. And we say like, I'm never doing that shit again. Mm -hmm. And then two years later, we're like, what? That was awesome. I want to do it again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's this weird forgetting thing that happens. Yeah. Which is all of our life. We forget who we are. We forget our commitments. We forget. And then we have to be reminded at some point I'm thinking of, I'm thinking particularly about mushroom trips how in those instances of awakening and like how did I forget this how did I forget who I am those instances have such a powerful impact on our subconscious I mean thinking about you giving birth twice without any painkillers or anything the subconscious will that you had to do that that was then reinforced by you doing that you kind of briefly or you kind of vaguely touched on it but there's Basically, two ways of programming our subconscious mind. Courtney mentioned directly emotional impact and repetition. Uh, and that's how we got everything that we got. We've gotten it. We've, we believe what we believe because of these strong emotional experiences that were 
somehow correlated with a behavioral experience or some something that happened in our lives and then we hear things over and over and over that we eventually just believe and that's where it that's why it sounds like it should be so easy to reprogram the subconscious because we know that like we've just told ourselves a story and we believe it so like it should be so easy for me to not have coffee in the morning I'll just tell myself no more coffee oh no 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 yeah. You, you didn't hear just one time that you were worthless. You may have not even ever even heard those words, but what you saw, what you experienced is what conveyed that message repeatedly, if that's the message that you heard. And for many, many people, because we're coming out of ages of trauma, I mean, there's still more trauma being inflicted, obviously, that will never stop. But when we think about how parents coming out of Christian Puritanism who believed that forest was where the devil lived, that nature was of Satan, right? They believed that self-depreciation, self-flagellation, self-denial of pleasure were how we got closer to God, and that is such a huge part of who we are as an American culture, particularly, I think, here on the eastern U.S., where... A lot of early migration took place, and a lot of these groups settled in and formed monasteries and all that stuff. And it just beat, literally and figuratively, beat into the population that you do not deserve to experience pleasure. You should avoid pleasure, especially sexual pleasure, and that's how you get closer to God. So, you know, we've got a long history of some really uh, negative beliefs being beat into our subconscious here in the United States and whatever around the world as humans, you know, it's just kind of part of what we do. But it does seem like we're coming into an era where there is a greater understanding of how we work as a system, an individual and a societal system, and how we can basically use the tools that were used against us, turn those around and use them for us to become better versions of ourselves. And that's what we're really all about. I hope people can hear in the conversations that we're having. Courtney and I are daily, we're talking about how do we improve our standard of living, our quality of life, our expression of self. How do we become better people? That's what we want to see for everybody. Maybe like what we have is pretty great as well. Well, that's how we become better people is by recognizing how great we have it. That's one of the ways, anyway, that I understand. It's a little bit of a double-edged sword. How so? This thinking that we always need to become better people. Yes. And also, maybe the belief that we're doing really great, maybe being great people, instead of this, oh, like, gotta gotta do better gotta be better gotta like like I agree like I want to always be growing and open and expanding over time Mm -hmm. I want to be enjoying Mm -hmm. (laughs) as well like Mm -hmm. enjoying the now and Mm -hmm. enjoying who I am as I am right now in this moment I have certainly been caught up in the past with always needing to do better and be better and It can be a little bit of that programming that you just mentioned of like not good enough, not worthy, got to be better. 
not good enough right now. I'm exploring a new perspective of I am the best that I'll be right now and right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and right now and right now because if we get caught up in this gotta be better that's always forever instead of like taking the time to just be is that's what we're all (laughs) that's always what we're doing Mm -hmm. is being Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. and perfect in this moment Mm -hmm. right here Mm -hmm. and that is forever so what thoughts do we want to have forever because i feel like if we're in the moment and in the life is really really great right now naturally that is that is probably that's the most expansive thought that i can imagine Mm -hmm. is that and so without it's like the easiest most natural feeling of flow to be confident and appreciative in the moment and it is naturally so abundant so i think you're completely correct i agree with that wholeheartedly um it's like we were having this conversation at the circle last night around being a seeker and how if we're always seeking does that indicate that we're never satisfied and the word explorer came up and i like that word for in that context and this context that we are always exploring even if it's just on very and very subtle we're just like looking out our eyes we're just kind of with an awareness expansion and this idea of improvement being associated with hard work and i feel like the negative attributes that you associated with that mm-hmm feels to me also like a part of this collective subconscious that we've been trained to believe. That's what I grew up, certainly. You, I know you've talked about it with your ice skating, you know, like you've got to work hard to get better. you got to work hard to have more. you got to work hard. you got to suffer. you got to, if you want to improve, you got to experience pain. I think that's bullshit. I think you can experience joy. Joy can be the greatest direction of self-improvement. Mm -hmm. the interpretation of the sensation of expansion the interpretation being a mirror of our subconscious Mm -hmm. with growth there's like a like a taking down and a re like a rebuilding phase and those negative adjectives that you mentioned and that I was like alluding to the suffering attached to the sensation Mm -hmm. of growth I feel like as a culture we are becoming more and more aware that we can actually choose the interpretation of the sensation Mm -hmm. this is a big part of mindfulness research findings and like the hypnosis research Mm -hmm. by um, National Institute of Integrative Health was the video that I shared with you earlier and their findings on people who are easily hypnotized and not easily hypnotized. Someone can go through a certain sensation and one person interprets it as horrific Mm -hmm. and the other person interprets it as orgasmic. Mm -hmm. It's like childbirth. Mm -hmm. 
like going into it like I spend a lot of time mm-hmm. like act like really intentionally programming myself like this is a pleasurable experience like childbirth is amazing and orgasmic and you know I spent years like kind of see like looking for that information mm-hmm. and those stories mm-hmm. which I think played a really big part in me being able to much more easily give birth isn't that one of the hardest things to convince people of though because we have this like this is the reality when i get my foot stepped on it hurts or Mm -hmm. whatever it is it is so challenging to flip that switch and again coming back to this it's easier said than done you know we have been conditioned to believe that these things that this sensation means this there are people who like yourself will actively seek out alternative information to help them reprogram but for someone that's maybe there's somebody listening to this right now that's like i don't give a damn what you say having a baby always hurts Uh, a breakup with a lover always is painful how do you help someone see that there's another side to that coin well i suppose we all have our experiences that we've been able to become more comfortable with for instance, starting a job. A lot of times when we start a job, there's uncomfortable parts of it. And everyone that's ever lived has experienced something at some point that's felt not good Mm -hmm. and then practiced it. Maybe they've been forced into, uh, they've had no other choice or whatever you want to call it to like, Mm -hmm. they've had to practice it and make it a more enjoyable or comfortable experience so I think there's all different levels of that and you know the childbirth example like yeah for some people there is not going to be a way maybe your momentum or your subconscious beliefs are so deeply ingrained Mm -hmm. that there is not going to be a way for Mm -hmm. some people to give birth without pain Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, like, that's okay. Like, we're all at different stages. Mm -hmm. So you don't think we should try to convince someone to reprogram their subconscious? No. I don't either. I don't want to convince anybody of anything. (laughs) I've got no interest in that. I don't either. I don't either. Now, to coax someone or maybe help them kind of get there on their own. I'm, I'm thinking right now of our son, actually. How do we help to program in his subconscious that turning off the TV is a good thing? How do we help him to see that as a good thing rather than a bad thing? I guess it's just like it's easy. It comes back to repetition and emotional impact. Yeah, I'm thinking right now of the whole the whole Jose Silva mind control, hypnosis, brainwaves, mind valley platform, how that's like exploding right now and plant medicine is starting to really explode and well back to Jose Silva, his whole the whole story there that you, you keep seeing the ad on YouTube. If you're wa- if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the whole Jose Silva ad. I don't know how much money they put in that ad, but it's freaking everywhere. I'm sure you've listened to it. No. Um, probably. You haven't seen it no. pop up? No. That is insane. It has popped up so much it's for not me in and my other subconscious. people. Yeah, well, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the story that in that ad that keeps popping up for the Jose Silva method is how Jose Silva. Is this a fucking Jose Silva advertisement? You said Jose Silva like eight times. <laughs> it's a fun <laughs> name to say. That's part of it. Okay. He, his story, he's a ra- he was a radio engineer 
So mm-hmm. he fixed he fixed radios for people back in the day. Okay. And he had this idea that by tuning a radio to different frequencies, you can tune into different stations, right? By adjusting the tension. But okay. ad- adjusting the tension and the He's the guy that figured parts. out radio frequency? No, but I'm would you just I'm trying to me? understand. <laughs> he didn't figure out radio frequency, but he this is how he got this idea to develop his hypnosis okay. method. Okay. A dude that had no training in meditation or any of that. Okay. He was just a radio engineer. And he noticed that by adjusting the tension levels mm-hmm. or that it dawned on him that maybe you could do that. Um, that's how you fix radios. You adjust tension levels in different parts and mm-hmm. whatever. He thought maybe we're radios mm-hmm. and receivers. So mm-hmm. if we can adjust our tension levels with some kind of techniques, then maybe me- we can pick up on different information. And so that's how with his own children, he oh. began experimenting. Oh. Right. So he started to experiment on his on his kids. I know it's a, I'm like, how ethical yeah, is this? <laughs> follow the Jose Silva <laughs> method. Well, apparently it had really positive effects on his kids. That's good. And so he was practicing getting them into different states mm-hmm. um, using these different hypnosis methods. Basically, I'm saying we should hypnotize Theo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, that's what the TV's doing. Right. I feel like with kids and with us, the more that we focus on the thing that we don't want, 100%. the more that it becomes a thing that we want. 100%. And so I'm more thinking with him how to help show him that there's things that he can do that would feel way better mm-hmm. than watching the TV. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm where I keep going with and it. And that's the same thing that we really want to try to do with our own self-talk and negative behavior patterns is convince ourselves, convince our subconscious that there is something better to do with our time, with our ability than to criticize ourselves and others than to lay on the couch and eat potato chips all day long or whatever it is. It's all it's all kind of the same across the board. And that's what's beautiful. It's it's simple but it's not easy. But that means that everybody is empowered and has the ability to slowly but surely build the life that you want. Maybe you're looking around right now and you're like, oh, this is not what I want. Well, guess what? You get to change that. But it does require, especially for an adult, like we're talking about a kid that doesn't have really the conscious awareness of the outcome of him watching TV for hours and hours or whatever. But we as adults have more, uh, have, have a greater conscious ability to look around and see the outcomes of our behavior and the outcomes of our attitudes. Attitudes may be a little more difficult because we often don't pr- realize that our attitude is what is having the impact on the outside. And then we think that our attitude is, you know, a response to the outside world. But like, and that's a whole other, that's a whole other amazing conversation. But is, an at- is our attitude the interpretation of the, what we're experiencing? 
Well, I feel like our attitude is an interpretation of our feeling. It's not necessarily an interpretation. And that's where right, we get it wrong. We're the feeling well, that we're experiencing. When you say, yeah, okay, yes. When you say right. experiencing, I'm thinking of like the outside world we're experiencing sitting in this room recording this conversation. But actually what we're experiencing is, at least I'm experiencing, is a wonderful conversation with someone that I love in a place that I feel very comfortable and safe in. And so my attitude is one of, you know, trust and joy and blah, blah, blah. Uh, not, I don't feel that way because of where I'm sitting. I feel that way because of how I feel, right? Like I could be sitting in this room and feel like I have sat in this room and thought life sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't because of any external influence. It was completely my internal subconscious programming and as I continue to improve that program then I'm able to look around and see more beauty feel more joy and experience that on a more regular basis so I have a question teacher Mm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, sometimes you just have such a teacher vibe um (laughs) (laughs) is a positive thing i just Mm. uh have a question as if i'm posing it to myself and you Mm. and everyone what is in this conversation here we keep referencing the subconscious as more of like a personal like we each have our own Mm. subconscious and we have touched on the collective subconscious but i'm wondering like at what point are we accessing the personal subconscious mm-hmm. versus the collective. Like I'm thinking, okay, well I can be sit be sitting right next to you and you're tapping into your subconscious mm-hmm. and I'm tapping into my subconscious. We could have very different attitudes and paradigms about what's going on around us. But if we're talking about one subconscious, then well we're tapping into different ones so mm-hmm. at what point are we getting into the same one that is such a interesting question and all I can do is point to instances you know I don't think I told you this but the other day it just came to my head came in my conscious mind to reach out to this individual I won't say his name but I know he listens to the show so big up my friend (laughs) (laughs) you know who you are you know who you are but it was this kind of it used to be nagging I used to get when I would get those sensations or those thoughts they used to I feel like they used to have to really poke at me before I would listen to them but more and more I'm training my individual subconscious to accept information coming from the bigger subconscious and then it immediately relates to my conscious mind or more readily relates to my conscious mind yep you need to do this and so I messaged him. I was like, hey, dude, just feel like we should talk. What's up? And uh, got on the phone, and he's in the middle of going through a pretty big relationship thing. And it was very, it's, it's very challenging. And just, just, it actually just happened. Like, I mean, it was like uncanny how close this inspiration to reach out to him was to the actual you know, event horizon of the thing that happened. And I do spend some time questioning 
what that is and where the delineation is between conscious Eric, subconscious Eric, and conscious or subconscious collective and don't have a good answer. It's just that kind of like, it's very similar to how we know our personal subconscious is in what we see around us. So when people, when, when we have those intuitions and inspirations to do something and we don't know why, I think that only, I think that it's trial and error that can help us to distinguish between our subconscious because here's here's where I've also experienced plenty uh, is believing my subconscious was the greater subconscious and our subconscious can certainly mislead us based on false information right here's a here's a really not <laughs> not a pleasant example to bring up but it's it's very relevant you have seen in our uh, adventures in Polly. You have seen my Polly. Is that what it was? That's what we've called it a hundred thousand times. Well, you keep times. calling it Polly, but it's not. I don't really see you it. You keep as calling that, it non-monogamy. Is right, what you're saying? That's more accurate. Oh I believe. Let's get into the Polly. Kind of indicates to me like we're just like I don't know, getting with a bunch of people. I don't know. I know that's not. There's okay. all okay. All right. Whatever. Non-monogamy. Anyway, that's your subconscious programming around. Or maybe it's the collective. It's more like so. a collective agreement, but I don't think so. But we'll just keep on <laughs> moving forward. All right. So what came up for me was because of this subconscious feeling that I did not deserve a really attentive, really I didn't deserve someone that loved me as much as I loved them. Like that was a belief that I have had based on my upbringing that was very deeply embedded in my subconscious. And my subconscious would tell me to go towards these women who didn't feel the same way that I felt for them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You saw this play out, and you saw mm -hmm. the pain that it brought on. And But my, or the, I, what I feel like was the subconscious, I've said this before, like I knew you were coming to my house or I knew something very special just from the email exchanges that we had we had a couple of email exchanges I didn't know anything about you but there was something that same kind of I associate the the sensation as like a little little scratch on the back or just a little like there's something there that's saying you need to do this or something's coming your way or go to this place and see what happens and I had that sense before you and I ever met. And then when you and I met, I was like, I don't give a fuck if her boyfriend's here or not. I'm hanging out with this person. And you were like shining your light back at me. And then that just continued to grow and grow and grow. And my subconscious programming not infrequently got in the way of that. But I can look back and see right now the distinction between my negative self-subconscious programming and the greater more intuitive wiser subconscious that compelled me or that yeah that compelled me to get closer and closer because it was really uncomfortable there were there were certainly times in our early years where it was really uncomfortable how much you loved me it's not something that I knew it's not something that my subconscious was really comfortable with and I'm glad you asked that because I, I don't know that I've ever really thought about those. I've thought about the, you know, 
polarity in in this acceptance and, and what what I was willing to and able to accept or what I desired, you know. Now, as I have continued to reprogram my subconscious around this, thanks to you in huge part, thanks to God or whatever the supra consciousness that is behind it all, have been able to effectively re- reprogram my subconscious where I want nothing to do with anybody that doesn't have the same compassion or care or give the same attention to me that I would to them. Does that, does that make sense? So you're saying that the like pings, the like before we met the feelings, you had these feelings that they're meeting me or someone would be coming in that your visit to my farm to your life was going to be significant yeah mm-hmm. and that was not something that you were used to like no that was not my subconscious like that any... was not my because you asked how do we know the difference between our individual subconscious yeah. and the greater subconscious and so i was saying that that intuition that something my life was going to change when you and your group came to the farm mm-hmm. that was the greater subconscious i yeah. feel like yeah you know tapping me on the shoulder mm-hmm. and so very mm-hmm. often you know the maybe looking at it like this the instinctive immediate thoughts and reactions that we have to individuals and circumstances tells us that's our subconscious the soft intuitive nudges not even nudges that's too that's too strong the intuitive awareness is just like this lightning of awareness i feel like that is the collective the big subconscious and there's mm-hmm. like there's so many interesting ways that we can break this down right because like we just started out talking about the apocalyptic stuff and you know this kind of collective subconscious story that we have around the apocalypse blah 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 or Mm -hmm. all that stuff and so there is you know maybe there is the collective subconscious there's the collective conscious there's the collective supra consciousness we don't really know again it comes back to this that we don't really understand like we have a very small grasp on what consciousness is the nature of consciousness so uh, when i used to hear my grandmother talking yeah she had angels like Mm. porcelain angel figurines which it's upstairs on the yeah i inherited one from her um she used to have those all over the house and I heard people growing up talk about angels. And of course I went to church, so I heard about angels then. But when I was in church, I used to think, Oh, angels are a thing of the past. Like, you know, I'm a little kid and I'm trying to interpret what the hell they're talking about. And as I grew older, like hearing people talk about angels, like still kind of felt very fairy tale-ish to me. And then, as I started working at the health food store where we sold all this esoteric, all these esoteric books and a lot of esoteric types of 
thinkers were coming in there and talking about stuff. And some of them were big on angels and their angels and angels communicating with us. And I just thought that is, that is crazy talk. Like they are delusional. And I've thought that way for the past a long time and i still i hear people talk about angels Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay like i it really takes me being in a very open-minded place receptive and calm for me to like not immediately dismiss someone when they bring up angels however lately i've been thinking or being more open to taking this conversation about all the different levels of the the mind Mm -hmm. and the consciousness that we're existing in and that maybe we are existing on many different levels and many different dimensions all Mm -hmm. at once and maybe if when we're talking about our higher self Mm -hmm. maybe our higher self looks in a different realm say it's hard to not talk about this without like sounding really out there but um maybe our higher self looks like what could be interpreted as an angel and like thinking about these nudges uh these Mm -hmm. synchronicities that Mm -hmm. occur and thinking about it in terms of the pool of the subconscious or levels of the subconscious mind communicating with us and thinking about maybe our higher selves communicating with each other commun- like mm-hmm. your higher self communicating with my higher self and if thinking about it in terms of dimensions like always existing at the same time mm-hmm. if that's the case then maybe it trickles down into being like here in this Mm. dimension Mm. as being like a nudge or a synchronicity Mm. Mm. something that you can't deny that i just experienced this that immediately i thought of you or i thought of Mm -hmm. something that only like you and i have this connection or whatever and i got this message that is just definitely linked to the association of you Mm -hmm. and maybe Um, yeah, maybe those different levels of the subconscious show themselves here in different ways to the conscious. Yeah. Does that make any maybe. sense? What I, I mean, just said? it makes as much sense as anything else is being <laughs> said out there. Nobody knows. That's the point. Nobody, yeah, I nobody, don't know. nobody fucking knows. I don't know, but it is nice. It feels almost relaxing to be open Mm -hmm. to like with discernment without jumping in like with everything i got (laughs) i'm definitely not gonna act like what really turns me off is when people act like they know for sure Mm. and like i get it Mm. i know things for sure now that i like there are experiences that i've undeniably mm-hmm. had that I didn't have 10 years ago where I can speak with more confidence and like 
no like this is a thing Mm -hmm. um so like i'm open to the idea that people have experiences like that with whatever you want to call angels higher beings Mm -hmm. more advanced beings whatever like i'm open to that but it is kind of perturbing to me when people act like they know is that just a subconscious programming that you have to be hateful to the woo woo i think it's a protect yeah it's like a protective mechanism like you sound a little crazy you seem like somebody that society would completely reject so associating with you may get me rejected (laughs) by society i'm already kind of on the brink i don't know (laughs) if i go there then i really might be screwed (laughs) yeah it's possible I, that's so weird. I don't know. That's weird that you you brought that up. That it kind of caught me a little bit off guard. The how angels and such relate. I can see the relationship. Um, as you were sharing those thoughts, it reminded me of some of the instances with psilocybin where I have um, felt that that oneness. You know, we had a lady at the circle last night who never had psilocybin she's probably late 60s and uh was wanting to experience the oneness um of psilocybin and i just thought to myself like yeah there's different ways to experience that oneness that aren't always like blissed out because no matter what it is if it's an if it's an actual angel or if it's an alien or if it's an interdimensional being or if it's our higher, our higher higher self it's act we're it's all us right and experiencing that oneness in a real visceral way can very often leave you in a puddle on the floor writhing and screaming and laughing and crying and you know just going through all of it um, so to to break things down for our conscious mind to break things down into the descriptive devices such as angel or alien or spirit or whatever it is, energy, ancestor, you name it. Um, it's only logical that we would we would do that because it's so overwhelming when we realize that it's all, it, the soup is not separate from itself you know like the cabbage and the carrots they're all the same it's all the same thing uh and yeah i don't know that just kind of took me to a place of that experience and how powerful it can be i heard a really interesting example the other day of someone trying to put into perspective the experience of our we'll call it we'll call it higher self communicating with us Mm -hmm. and like how can that be possible if our higher self is living in a different realm or time or whatever but this person was saying that we'll think of somebody on the other side of the world say in china Mm -hmm. they're calling you it's a completely different day Mm -hmm. they can call you Mm -hmm. they can Mm -hmm. 
they can dial a number. They can know the frequency to connect with you. And it could be a completely different day. Mm. You're living in a different time. Mm-hmm. And they're still able to talk with you in the present moment. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I thought that was really applicable yeah. to. Huh. That is an inter- interesting way to look at it. Last thing I want to touch on, and I think this is important that we go back into it just briefly, though. You ever do like the inner child where you talk to your inner child, you talk to your mm-hmm. seven-year-old self. I have, right? yeah. And you can feel that that seven-year-old self still exists within you. That Mm -hmm. awareness that was contained within that level of experience is still somewhere, somehow compartmentalized inside of ourself. And why I wanted to bring that up as relevant to this conversation is because, again, going back to reprogramming our subconscious, the vast majority of the beliefs that we have about how life works in every aspect in your relationships your money your career your everything goes back to generally that period from zero to seven is where the majority of it is happening and we can go back and we can talk to that self we can reprogram that subconscious belief and start to see incredible things happening in our world around us i believe that played a big role in us at Sanctuary, getting into the space that we're into now. Mm-hmm. Felt that so strongly last night when, you know, we were no longer had the space on Broadway available to us. In my past, I would have spun out on that. What, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? This sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Through reprogramming, through the use of psilocybin and repetition, the use of psilocybin and having these emotional impacts through the use of many other tools, meditation, Uh, exercise, community, integration, conversation through many forms of exposure, I have come to program into my subconscious the knowing that whatever is happening is good. This is is good. It's working out for me. It's all working out for me. And when we got to that church yesterday, and we, you know, I was there by myself for about 20 minutes, and I was just almost overwhelmed to tears at how good it felt there and how right it felt it seemed to me as I as I was there kind of soaking that in so clear that one of the most important facilitators that helped to bring that into being was not just me but you know you Athena Tristan and everybody that was involved basically just kind of saying like this is just opening up to something, the next place, the next best place. And you can look at it in mechanical terms. If we wouldn't have given ourselves over to that allowing, then we may have been scrambling and gone to a place and booked, the, took the wrong place and found out that we didn't want that. You know, anytime you try to force the outcome, mm-hmm. then you're very likely to kind of end up with an outcome that you don't prefer. It was just so apparent to me that this subconscious reprogramming of letting go, allowing, has been one of the most powerful changes that I've made in my life to open up to new and better opportunities. That's really beautiful. The experience of allowing whatever is, trusting, having faith in the unfolding. So fucking hard, though. It's really hard, especially mm-hmm. for, for doers. You know, I grew up, my subconscious was programmed that you want it, you got to make it happen. Nobody's going to do it for you. 
Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely takes practice. That's for sure. What's uh, it's getting easier? I'd, easier. I'd love before, before we sign off here, I'd love if you'd share an instance of some of the reprogramming that you've done. How much time do we have? How uh, much, uh, how, how how much far? time do you want? <laughs> well, how far in are we? It's well, a minute tw- or an hour and 22. Oh, this is our longest one in a while. Yeah. Well, there's so many to choose from. I'd like to pick a more recent one. For me, the most recent experience of reprogramming has to do with just that. This notion that in order to be successful, I have to work harder and I have Mm. to challenge myself more, put myself in positions that are more difficult. That was my perspective Mm -hmm. up until a couple years ago, really even like in the last year or last couple of weeks. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, it's a process. It's a process. (laughs) And I, it is, it's getting easier and easier. I've, I've seen you make significant progress in the last month. Honestly, I have. Okay. I've seen you letting Thanks. go a lot more and just being like, you know what? I'm going to do what feels good right now. Thanks. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I've, I've been opening up to the idea over really the last year, just beginning to like open to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And in, like you say, the last month or two, I'm I'm trying to pinpoint like the experience of really like that aha moment mm-hmm. of oh the more that I allow the easier things get mm. and the more success comes in mm-hmm. I mean Abraham Hicks has played a big part in that and I've had some like undeniable synchronicities that for me have shown me oh yeah we are all connected and like you can say that a hundred times and it can mean literally nothing like Mm -hmm. you can get into the habit of saying that and not feel it Mm -hmm. and there was just a series of events all in a very close amount of time where it was feeling that just got like something clicked on and I was journaling when I was doing that morning journaling Mm -hmm. doing the I am journaling Mm -hmm. and the wheel of focus and that kind of kicked it off which turned into writing about my experience in a way that felt invigorating like in the present tense. And as I was doing that, I felt really good. And as I felt really good, I noticed that the people around me were feeling good and my perception of my immediate environment began to shift. As I was journaling about a present tense experience that felt really easy like my whole morning I journaled in detail like Mm -hmm. about like an ideal morning Mm -hmm. to get more specific where I like wake up and the sun is shining and the birds are chirping and I don't feel in a rush I feel like everything is happening in perfect time and I'm describing my environment and I hear the kids playing and I we have help in the house that's like happy to be there and 
a community and everything just feels so easy and in flow and I'm just taking my time and like taking my time and but I, and I'm journaling about it in the present moment as if mm-hmm. it's really happening and then my self-talk began to change like everything happens in perfect time it's happening the easier things are for me the easier success happens for me and abundance just comes to me and is that the writing of it really did something for me Mm -hmm. and talking about the experience of writing it. I was starting to host women's circles at that time as well. And seeing other women have that experience as I was having it solidified, like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's not just me. These women are doing this and I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the shift in them. Mm -hmm. It's real. And Yeah, something opened up and yeah, I I don't know, like we had, just like with you and me, I felt like my perception directly impacted your experience Mm -hmm. and perception and our children's Mm -hmm. experience and then it just kind of all started I realized that's it's everything it's not just the people that are close with me it's I kind of like stepped into this quantum perspective of like my perspective directly changes the dimension I exist in in any given moment Mm. and it's like you know kind of something that I touched on in this episode um and is challenging i think to convey must be experienced but it feels really good and the feeling of the subconscious mind being on my side mm. always always there on my side to help me And it requires, though, that I'm open to the help. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of been what I keep coming back to is like, as I am open to receiving the help, I get the help. Mm. As long as I'm open to receiving it, I get it. Mm -hmm. And I've realized that I haven't been open like a lot of my life to receiving help. And like people and the all has tried (laughs) to get in there. And I'm like, no, I don't want it. I don't want your help. And so it feels good to be open to it and get help. So that's been my most recent (laughs) experience with subconscious uh, communication. And that is positive emotional feedback for me that helps me do the same and to encourage you. You know, in times in the past I've seen you um, wanting to work so hard and not accepting help and it's been challenging because I just want to see you 
enjoying your life experience as much as possible. And, you know, it's something that I've struggled with as well is allowing help and opening myself up to assistance from others. Um, and, and seeing you do that helps me do that. It helps me help you. It helps me because the more you allow other people to help you, then the more other people want to help you. And that includes me. You know, it it has a, it definitely has a one to one impact. So I'm really you you even in the last like month I've been feeling like and some of it's my perspective and some of it is you but I've just been feeling like you are like more radiant and more relaxed and beautiful than you've ever been. Like even here in this podcast, I've been looking at you just thinking like how. You're more beautiful right now today than you've maybe ever been. And it's not your physical form. It's your energy and your relaxed flow. Mm, That feels really good. Thank you. Oh, friends, it's so, so helpful, so valuable when we tell people they're doing good, when we help to reprogram the subconscious of those that we love. You know, we've talked a little bit about reprogramming our own subconscious, but we can be doing it for each other. We can be helping each other all the time. Be telling each other you're doing great. Just words of encouragement, words of support. And the perhaps the most beautiful part about that is when we do that, we're saying it to ourselves, and we're reprogramming our own subconscious and we just create this positive feedback loop of support and encouragement and self-confidence and you know while like Courtney said we're not trying to get better but can't help but get better <laughs> when you're feeling better and when you're loving better and you're living better the now can just get better and better if we recognize the perfection in it as it is well said thank you for listening this has been a really enjoyable conversation i hope you've enjoyed it you're talking to me or them (laughs) eric and to you listening We'd love to hear some of your subconscious reprogramming stories or feedback, questions, thoughts, anything that maybe comes up for you on this. So, yeah, if you got any of that that you'd like to share, please hit us up on social media channels, Facebook and Instagram, Psilocybin Says, the YouTube channel. We're probably going to start uploading some of these uh, audio podcasts to our YouTube channel for accessibility as well and uh, commenting in the thread. Also, if you're not aware, I do a live stream via YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook most Monday nights at 7 Eastern where you can call in and be a part of the conversation. Maybe there's some topics that have come up on these episodes that you'd like to uh, just you know contribute your voice to. We would love, 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 love to have you a part of those conversations. Yeah, I would highly recommend you check out those live streams. Those are really fun and interesting. If you're interested in diving into your own personal experience uh, with us, we have 
group coaching offered through uh, Sanctuary's More Than Integration program. We have a weekly workshop series that is just now wrapping up. That's on Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern. We just have a few more weeks left, so you can hop in uh, weekly at this point. We'll also be announcing our next workshop series soon, so stay tuned to that. We've tried to make it as accessible as possible. Uh, and of course, we do offer private coaching sessions and packages as well. If that's something you're interested in, you can head over to morethanintegration.com for all of that information. I hope you've enjoyed this rather long, but I think enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I'm envisioning that you're having a great day ahead. And the beating Bye. of the drum.